said it fit better in the spirit soul body lesson because it the demonic literally deals with that and um, we're going to we're going to tackle that and and the reason it took me a little while is because in studying it's it's like all things for me that I, I like this is how I like to study I like to study everything I like to study people who I agree with or people who have different viewpoints as me and I just listen and read everything I can and just immerse myself completely in it and then it just has this momentary effect of I'm like oh my gosh and I'm challenged, and there's some things that I get challenged on. And there's sometimes, and I have, I have belief changes in that. You know what I mean? I, I change my, I have, I'll hold a position, and in looking at it and coming outside of my system of theology, because we all, whether you know that or not, you all have a system of theology. What do I mean by that? You've, you've been instructed something, and you're like, that's my baseline, your denomination, how you were raised, and it'll just stay there as a system of theology. And I'm not saying that that's bad, but if there are things in your system of theology that are not biblically sound, then it will hurt your overall viewpoint of the Bible. And sometimes when you start trying to change, start modifying some beliefs there, you're like, you know what, I was taught this my whole life, but I'm not quite sure that that's accurate. Because, based on not what people are saying, but based on what I see in the Word of God. And then what that, and how many of you know, how many of you have had one of those changes like that? And it's sort of, um, there's a moment of conflict because it's hard to, to change um, your, what is it? Well, it is hard to change your perspective, but it's even deeper than perspective. It's like a, it's philosophy. Yeah, it's like an ideology. That's what I'm trying to say. It's an ideology, and it's deeper than just a, you know, a perspective. It's like a lens you can clean. An ideology is woven deep into a foundational place, and it starts to make you feel real disoriented when you start dealing in. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You start changing an ideology. That's true, and that's, that's much of what we're going to talk about Maybe not as much today, but coming up. So as we start today, let's just open in prayer, if we could. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you, God, for the opportunity to teach your word. I thank you, Lord God, that you give us ears to hear. God, that you give us a heart to obey. And Lord, I just pray that you would instruct us today. We welcome you, Holy Spirit, and ask that the teacher, you are the teacher. You said you would lead us and guide us into all truth, and that you would be present today to bring revelation, to insight, instruction, that we would be built up and encouraged today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Okay, you can go. We're going to hit lots of scriptures today. You can first off hit um, Acts 10. I'll be there in a second. But... There are going to be others, Mark. We're going to go all over the place. So just we're going to work on sword drills. Now, as we've looked at spirit, soul, and body, we know that that's from Thessalonians where it says, I, I pray that the Lord of peace would sanctify you holy, spirit, soul, and body. And so we're working from that premise today, but the, the soul and the body, this is something you really need to know. The soul and the body are not redeemed at salvation. Your soul and your body are not redeemed at salvation. What is redeemed at salvation? Your spirit is born again. So you have a born-again spirit <clears throat> residing in an old soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions, but your mind being the center, the strong man there. You know what I mean? Your mind. It's the 
overall. So you don't have a renewed mind and you don't have a renewed body. Well, we, we see that very clearly in our body. If, if you were you, a redhead when you got saved, you don't go to the altar unless you've made some changes. You're not a blonde. You don't pray a prayer and your hair color changes. If you were 45 years old when you got saved, you're, when you walk from the altar, you're still 45 years old. So that's easy for us to see. So, but if we can see how easy that is to see with regard to our body not being changed, not being redeemed, so to speak, then we can also understand that in the area of our soul, our mind, will, and emotions, our mind is also the same mind that we came to the altar with and got saved with is the same mind we turn around. In other words, your memories are not changed. Your experiences that you had prior to that are not changed. Does that make sense? All the things, it's still there. So your mind must be renewed. It's not redeemed, so it has to be renewed. So Romans 12, 1 and 2, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto the Lord. And do not be conformed by the things of this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. So you have to renew the mind. So, and the mind is then renewed by the activity now that is alive in the born-again spirit. So here's what we have to do. We have to renew our mind, and we have to feed our spirit. If you're not feeding your spirit, you are not renewing your mind. So when I ask you about feeding, what are you feeding? Well, what are I'm not asking you what you want to feed. I'm asking you what are you feeding? How do you feed? Let's find out. You may, you may think, I don't know what I'm feeding. Well, how are ways that we feed? That's okay. So read. So fellowshipping, these are ways we, knew our, we, we feed our spirit. So you are fellowshipping with other believers, you're, you're reading the Bible, you're praying, you're doing spiritual disciplines, maybe fasting, you're giving, worshiping, all these things. Now what are ways, but all of us, how is it that we are, what is our bent on feeding? How are you feeding throughout the week that is contrary to the spirit? What are ways we do that? Ah, enough said, right? Screens, just screens in general, right? We used to worry about soap operas. That'd be the. I would like for people just to go back and watch soap operas, and you know, so that would be that. It's like you know, base level, isn't it? Now we got, you know, nothing. I don't know. I hadn't watched a soap opera in years. I don't know what's on there anymore. Yeah, probably don't. But anyway, so we understand that our mind has been established in our old ideologies and our old systems and our old way of thinking and old structures. So it stands to reason that demonic activity operates, if it operates in the life of anyone, it stands to reason that demonic activity operates within the soul and the body. And that territory must be colonized by the kingdom of God, by enforcing God's will. What did I just say? 
colonization. I just used the word, you know, taking over a territory, right? So when you're born again, so where does demonic activity happen? Does it happen in your born-again soul? I mean, your born-again spirit? So in the Lord's Prayer, it's really the disciples' prayer. The Lord told the disciples, Lord, teach us to pray. Our Father who art in... Now, this is not a prayer for unbelievers. Because it starts out, our Father. And the Bible clearly states that those who are living in disobedience, their Father is the... So when it says, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. There we have our address. Here it goes. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Let's just stop right there. How is his kingdom going to come? I just, the, sec, the third line just told you. There it is. Thy, don't, don't deviate from the prayer. Thy kingdom come. And he tells us where it's going to be done. Now, next line. On Oh, who happens? Where's earth? Can y'all draw a circle on that? Oh, wait a second. On earth as it is in heaven. I've just got, given you the focus of the kingdom and the locus of the kingdom. I've given you where the kingdom is being addressed to and the location that it is going to be directed to. It's you. It's not the preacher. I hope he gets in the kingdom, but I don't know. I mean, who knows? Who knows about these things? But so we, we understand that we are the focus. So any old demonic activity in a person's life who come to Christ, where's it going to be resident at? Your mind and your body. And now the kingdom through the born again spirit is alive in me, and the only way that I can colonize or extend the boundaries of this new citizenship is I have to invite the Lord's kingdom to come, and I only, only have the Lord's kingdom operating. You're fooling yourself if you think the Lord's kingdom's operating in your life if his will's not being done in your life. And his will's not being done in your life if you're not obedient to his word. See, do you see how we get this cognitive dissonance in the house of God where we say the prayer, but we actually don't even understand that its impact is right here? Right here. This is the, this is the location for it. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. If, his, I want you, if you get nothing else, know that his kingdom is not coming if his will is not being done. Is that so? When I ask a person, what do I do? Well, what's the will of God? I told a woman years ago in this church, she's not here anymore. Her and her husband getting a divorce, fighting over kids. I mean, I've seen this story. I mean, it's like, you know, lawyers, court, the whole thing. I'm not saying that that's not a reality, and there are not times and places for that. I'm not. But here's the, here's the situation laid out. Now, you know, they never come in telling me what good things their ex is doing. I don't, I'm like, who, who did you stand at the altar and look gazing lovingly into their eyes? 
Is that person there anywhere? I'm not saying that these things don't happen. I'm just saying it just shifts so hard. I mean, they're so, they're in, where they were in love with them before, now they're in full hate with them. That's just how it works. So then this, this woman, she said, well, what, you know, what do I do? She's like, I'm getting lawyers. I need money. And it's all focused. And she's just going after him. I'm getting my kids because he's doing this. And he's not good for my kids. And you know, y'all know. And I, and I finally said, time out, time out. Because she's a believer. She thinks her husband's Satan. He thinks he's a believer too, though. So you know what I mean? Who knows? And I finally said this. I just said, okay, can I give you some word? Normally, what they're, they say, mm-hmm, but they really don't want it. But that's his will. Okay, so the Bible says agree with your adversary quickly while you're on the way to court, while you're on the way. Because you probably, the Bible says, you don't know how much this is going to cost you. And the cost is not just what you're going to write in checks. You're going to go, this is going to cost you more than you can afford to pay. So my advice to you is not to war with your ex-husband, but to agree with him. How many of y'all think that she went, thank you for bringing the kingdom, Will. Gosh, thank you for bringing the will of the kingdom into my life and and helping me with my mind. I'm so thankful. Y'all think that happened? She didn't come back. Yeah. (laughs) There you go. There you go, because I didn't know what I was talking about. I didn't understand her plight. I did understand. I understood it from a different perspective than she. I was trying to tell her how to actually win by bringing the kingdom into it. Now, is that easy? No. No. That's why you have to, it's called a prayer. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So here we are. So, and I've, got, I've made myself notes here. Move on. You'll hit this later. In other words, I put here, don't get stuck here. I wrote that to myself. <laughs> Acts 10 and 38. <laughs> Will I listen to myself? You never know. Okay, so Acts 10 and 38. It says this. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Okay, so what did he do? He went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil. I'm working on that word, healing, Robin. How do I say it? Did I say it right? Is it healing or healing? Healing. Say, I say, I say, she told me, I say, and I do, healing. I say healing, H-I-L-L, right? I know, I know, because this is why we do it in the South. But see, we're, we're, we're a mixed multitude today, so we have Northerners here, so I try to help with them. <laughs> healing, that's so hard, y'all. Healing, there you go. And healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. So what we have here in Old Testament versus a New Testament situation is in the Old Testament Demons didn't have a lot of 
prayer time. They were, were they there? Yeah, 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 yeah. We don't hear. The Old Testament doesn't talk about demons a whole lot. There's a place in Deuteronomy 32. It mentions the demonic, probably some, it uses the word demons. But then we see Jesus steps on the king and he's preaching the king. Jesus steps on the scene and he's preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And now we've got demons flying everywhere. Now, did he bring demons in with him? No. What's happening when the kingdom comes forth? Demons are being revealed because when the kingdom comes, what's coming? The will of God. You see, that's why you got to get it, guys. If when the kingdom's coming, what's coming with it? There you go. And the will of God is to heal and to deliver. And so what we can infer then is that sickness and bondage, disease, oppression are all impacts from demons. So see, what we're doing is we are now exposing. See, demons enjoy one thing, cover. Lay down some cover for them. Now, how have we laid down cover for the demonic in the house of God? One primary way. We don't talk about it. That's what, huh? Make excuses. We have laid down the best cover. All these are fine. The best cover in the house of God through theology. Doctrinal belief. Cessationism. That the gifts of the Spirit are not for today. They were only for the apostles. And when they left... So, well, if that's the case, then the will of God left and the kingdom left. See, you can't, it's, as my dad would say, that dog don't hunt. It won't work. It doesn't add up. So what we have to say is, is that with some of the Western theology, not as much in the Eastern world, but in the Western theology, after a time known as the Renaissance and the Enlightenment happened, man, humanity, became so intellectual. And so we became so intellectual, then everything that was of a spiritual origin got put into another category entirely. What, what categories do we put it into? We say, okay, there's some witchcraft. We don't really, we do, that's what's for somewhere else. We put it in a category of modern medicine. Like I've told you before, we love to start a drip on people, take them to the hospital and get a, get a drip started. And I'm not against modern medicine. But there's a lot of things that medicine can't hit. Medicine should work in conjunction with the gospel. And so what we look here, because I mean, some of you are in the medical field. I love that. It's great. But I think, Andy, you're a nurse, right? Do you think everything that you're looking at is scientific? Uh, not, no. No. <laughs> because you, now there is an actual, you're treating the effects on the body and the mind, right? Yes. Trying to bring alleviation of suffering, which is good. But the root cause... 
Right, there's a root cause, and that's what I'm trying to get to. I'm not trying to be weird. I'm not trying to be kooky. And nor am I saying that all sickness is demonic because we have to, like, I hurt my knee playing basketball. Was that demonic? I was running, gravity and the running, the two things worked together. My knee, I planted my foot, I turned wrong, and the force, it's E equals MC squared. You know what I'm saying? And my knee was gone. And now, because of that injury that I didn't let it heal, didn't, you know, all these different things, I have had subsequent injuries throughout my life, and now I'm 52, and you know what I'm saying? I know, gosh. So that's what, so do I look at that and go, you devil? Well, I mean, could the devil use that somehow? I guess. I mean, it, does everything fit in the larger context of fallenness and that is because of the devil? Yes, but do you understand what I'm saying? Not everything is directly correlated to a devil. And if we, when we're talking about the demonic, the two sides of the ditch, the, the road is in the narrow road of truth is in the middle, and the two ditches are, are this. The one ditch, the demonic doesn't exist. The other ditch, everything's a devil. You see what I mean? And either place that we try to traffic, we're going to get into error. So what we want to do is we want to stay in the narrow way of truth as best we can. Do we think that we're always right? I honestly do, but I'm trying to get over it. That's been, you know... I wouldn't be arguing. I mean, it's like, if what you think I think, I'm not always right. How could I be so passionate about it? But I realize I know I'm, I, I know I'm infallible. You are infallible. See, that's what I have to do to myself. Otherwise, I just land on the place I think I'm always right. Anybody else like me? Y'all are like, no way. I don't ever think. I think y'all are liars. Because you think what you're doing is right or you wouldn't be doing it. Okay, so New Testament, Old Testament. So now in the New Testament, healing, healing, healing. It's so hard for me. I'm sorry. Healing all those who were oppressed by the devil. Oppression is the language that it uses there. Now, there was a word born in the King James Version of the Bible that has haunted us for years theologically. A person in the King James Version of the Bible was what by a devil? possessed. That's the King James language, that there is no Greek word for possessed. Now, I think I know what we mean, but see, words matter because words create pictures and pictures create beliefs and beliefs create actions and so on and so forth. So when we're talking about actual New Testament biblical language, the word is that a person would be demonized demonized. You take a demon, the noun, and then the Greek, you turn it into a verb, to eyes. Demon eye. Theology. If I'm going to do theology, what do I do? Theologize. It's how it works. That's the way. So possession, when I talk about possession, what instantly, what word comes to mind? Is it not ownership? It's ownership. You think of full-on 
possessionize. Everyone, good try, Brian. Nice try. I know, I know, yeah, yeah. So it's total owner. Okay, as one person said, I listened to, I thought it was funny. This will give you a good word picture, possession, meat puppet. You know, possession, to be a meat puppet. Now, how many of that's what we think of? A demon-possessed person, they're just a meat puppet. And the devil's like, and they're like, you know, like, and that may be. That may be a reality among a person. But if we looked at demonization on a scale, see, we take possession and we move it all the way to a 10 out of 10. And there is a demonization that is here. And we have accounts of it in the Bible, and we'll look at it in a second. There is a total meat puppet version. But then there's also demonization over here that is not, that's, that's, that's this ground level. Subtle and where we, yes, where we entertain the enemy. We're, this is the place over here where we host the demonic. Now we don't like that. We don't like that language. We're more comfortable with possession meat puppet because what does that give us? and out but I'm not I'm not under Satan's ownership but you might not be married to him but are you dating so if we change the language of demon to demonization and we put it on a sliding scale all of a sudden it brings us into the frame where we were safely retreated from it and what does what do enemy what does demons love more than anything I told you up front they love cover and so, see, our belief system there provided them the cover they needed to continue to operate in your life. Now, let me go on with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. So, in, in our, even our soul, our spirit, even our body. Some of us think, this is my body, I do what I want to. Not according to the word. Not according to the word. Yeah, yeah, no. Sorry. I put on it what I want to. I put in it what I want to. I do it what I want to. Uh, you ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? Because you are. That's not true. It's a lie. Actually, Paul didn't say all things are lawful for me. He is, he is, he is snidely quoting what the Corinthian church is quoting. Check your Bible. It's in, it's in quotation marks. He's saying this. He's saying this. All things are lawful. Yeah, but not all things are expedient. All things are lawful, but not all things edify all. That's what he's saying. He's not, he's not saying that as a fact. He's saying, this is what the Corinthian church was saying. All things are lawful. And under that phrase, they're putting everything under there like they can do it. And Paul says, you say, all things are lawful, but all things are not expedient. All things don't benefit everyone. I mean, Paul is, he's hitting them with a the one-two punch. Yeah, he's like, he's rattling their cage going, you bunch of, he's, I, I didn't say this, but this is what he's saying, because I don't call people morons anymore. He's saying, you bunch of morons. That's an Andrea version. So we have this, so to demon or to demonize, from a noun to a verb. Ephesians 6 says this, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. 
But again, I didn't put the verse on there. I just know it's Ephesians 6. Y'all can find it. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. But we do wrestle, right? If it just said we wrestle not, period, that'd be great, wouldn't it? We wrestle not. Shoot, that's good. No, it says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness in high places. So here's what I have found out. I was raised in a fighting family. I know not everybody was. Now, Mike can attest to this, right? Fight, the name Booker, that was my maiden name, was synonymous in the area we lived with fights. The Bookers fought. I was raised to fight. I, my first response was to fight. That's just how I was raised. My, it was said of my mother that she married the only man she couldn't whip. So that's, that lets you know. So this is what I found out. And this is true. I can take that and put it into a spiritual context. If you're in a fight and you're not fighting, you're in trouble. If you're in a fight and you're not fighting... You're in trouble. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. In other words, let's just move out that not. We wrestle against, we fight against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. So to put that into context, if you're in that fight and you're not fighting, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. You're a meat puppet. That's what we have to know. If you're in a fight, and we are in a fight, right, according to the Word of God, and you're not actively fighting, you're not aware of the fight, and you're not fighting, you're in trouble. So, but we know this. We're like, well, what do I do? Well, John, 1 John 4, 4, great news. For greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So we have to understand this. We have to have to understand this. We have this mentality that Satan and God are somehow rivals. They're not on the same, in the same weight class. Good versus evil is not an equal yin and yang. It is not big God and it is not big devil and little God. Now, I know if I say that, you're like, of course not. But why do we live that way? It's big God, little devil. That's how it works. So we have to understand that we are on the winning side, but we have to be engaged in the fight. So where do we wrestle? Where do we wrestle against principalities and powers and spirits? Where is the wrestling ground? Somebody please tell me. Is it on the other side of town? Probably on the other side of the tracks. It's probably, is it back over California? That's where we wrestle. Washington, D.C. No. We wrestle. We've already said it. Where's the will of God going to be done? And what spot on earth? It's where we wrestle. We wrestle in our lives. Yes, our own lives. But do we wrestle in the lives of others? Yeah, I think we do. How many of y'all ever had issues in your family or in your, you know, I guess family. We can just stop right there because I think that probably gets it done, right? You've had issues in your family where there was a clash of two kingdoms, kingdom of darkness and kingdom of light. But we often don't like to call it that because we don't want to, def we don't want to categorize people into kingdom of darkness. You know what I mean? It feels mean. And it feels like, oh, I'm being judgmental. 
Well, they, they say that, but then there's, there's a wrestling going on there. So we can wrestle with others. That can be brought into it. Now, that doesn't mean that we're wrestling them with, the weapon, with natural weapons. We wrestle the spirits that are occupying behind them. And sometimes that doesn't mean you going, the devil's using you right now. I don't know if they're going to take it well. Yeah, it doesn't go well, does it? doesn't go well. I can tell you just a quick story. Um, we, I had a situation in my family a few years ago, a number of years ago now, and we had gone to, we drove two hours to go with my family's Christmas. It was at a steakhouse in, near the <clears throat> place where we're from, and we walked in, and this time my brother was mad at me, which he stayed mad at me all the time. You know, so my brother's mad at me, and um, I've moved off, so <clears throat> I don't have the same <clears throat> amount of influence in my family at that time. You know what I mean? So the person who's gone is the person didn't say whatever. It just you're not there to defend yourself or to be a presence. So I show up at Christmas with my family, right? All my kids and all their spouses at this time. And I go in, and this is a huge long table, and my mother and her husband and my brother and his wife are down there on that end of the table. And all the cousins are in between. And then me and Mike are down here on this end. And then they're like, there's like a total ignoring going on. Well, Mike, my son-in-law, is new to our family at this time. But any, any person, you didn't have to have discernment to feel the tension in the atmosphere. You know what I'm talking about? My brother's down there. See, they didn't normally drink too much around me, but they'd already had. They had several bottles on the table to let me know. You know what I mean? It was, going, it was to be an affront. Because, I mean, my, both, my, my dad and my brother both have taught me, Andrew, you'd be better off if you did drink. I'm like, nice. So they're all down there drinking, and they, and they know that. So this is antagonism going on. And so Mike, my son-in-law, goes, you know, he didn't have an, you don't have to have discernment. He's new. He's even new in the faith. He's new in the family, new in the faith. And he looks at me. He goes, this is awful. That's what he did. He goes, this is awful. I went, yeah. He said, what are you going to do? That's what he asked me. I looked at him and I said, I said, watch this. I knelt, closed my eyes. And I said, and in my mind, I didn't say anything out loud. I said, Satan, I bind you in every bit of your work in the name of Jesus. I take authority over this situation. I, I take authority over the spirits that are controlling this and bringing division. You are rendered helpless now by the blood of Jesus. Leave. All right. I didn't say that out loud. I raised up. And Mike's just looking at me like all he did is tell me bow my head. He obviously thought she prayed. You could do a 15-second countdown. My brother, like this aura, broke around him. And he went, hey, Andra. That's what he calls me. Hey, Andra. What, what are you doing sitting down there? Y'all drove all this way. You need to sit up here and visit with us. Boys, he told all his boys, he said, y'all move down. Y'all change places with them. Let them come up here. Y'all move down. Gosh, get out of the way. Make room for them. Am I, if I'm lying, I'm dying, right, Mike? I, see, oh, the, weapon, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty. I didn't fight with him at all. Why would I 
do that? That would have been, would that have helped? I was raised in a fighting culture for me to go to fight with my brother and go, hey, fatty, won't you get your drunk butt down here and go, you know, I could have done that. And what would he have done? He'd have been like, yeah, let's fight, <laughs> fight. It'd have been up, it'd have been standing up, chairs would have been flying, it'd have been cussing, it'd have been clearing the table, it'd have been throwing drinks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've seen that. I, I, I've, I've seen that my whole life. I know how that's going to play out. So this is what I'm talking about. But see, here's the deal. If I had allowed those demons to stay undercover, because what do they love? They love cover. And I had got my feelings hurt, got offended, got pouty. Oh, I can't believe demons. Then I'm just, I'm not, I'm not, yeah, we're going to get that in a second. So here we are. So what I did is I took the spiritual high ground, and I know I'm in a war, and I know I'm in a fight, because if you're in a fight and you don't know you're fighting, you're in trouble. And that's where most people, I dare say, probably live, because we don't have context for the demonic. You got kids that are little demons in your house, and I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But they're partnering with the teenagers, whatever. I've had it in my own. I know they're not where they need to be. And I know that they're being demonized. Maybe not meat puppet. But there's demonization going on. And I'm not probably going to go to them and go, do you know right now you're being used as the devil? I mean, see, that's just going to make me look like a religious nut. Right? But what I can do is I can fold their clothes and I can anoint their underwear. Yeah, I can, I can make their bedroom, I can clean their bedroom even though they don't deserve it. I can make their bed, I can fold their clothes, I can clean it up and not nag when I'm doing it. I can bless them. And what am I doing? I start heaping coals and it starts melting the frigid atmosphere. And it starts giving me an inroad into speaking to their life. So they realize that I'm not their enemy. I'm their friend. Because what's going over here in the demonic realm? What they're being told about, about you? You want to know what they're being told about you? They don't understand you. They don't know what's going on. They're just a freak. They, they were gone. They were this. They didn't do that. They didn't do this. You think that they're over here. You think the demonic voices that they're entertaining are lifting you up? So act contrary to what you know the devil's saying about you. Don't go fighting. Don't go, hey, you're going to respect me in this house. It's my rules. and blah, blah, blah. You can do that. And all that may be fine. But you know what's going to happen? Over here, the demons are going, see, I told you, they're everything I said they were. So what you do is you sing, bring the kingdom his will. But you're like, but that's not right. They are disrespecting me. So what? Suck it up, buttercup. When you don't know where to go, here's, here's a, you can take this. This can be the write it down and use it as the mantra of your life. When you don't know where to go, go lower. Instead of always trying to climb higher, assert yourself, climbing higher, trying to level up, level up, level up, assertion, go lower. You know why? When you don't know where to go, go lower. 
you'll always find it. You know why? Because it's always free ground. Because no one's fighting over that ground. Thy will be done. Y'all thought fighting demons was going to look more. No. No. It's bringing the kingdom. That's all Jesus was doing, bringing the kingdom. You'll watch devils shriek and leave. They just want if, if to, if they find one person who knows how to walk in light, that's all you've got to have is light. They're darkness. There's no, metal, there's no metal scraping metal when you bring light into darkness. You go into a dark room today, test it out, block out all the light, and then turn on the light and see if you hear, ah, no, do you hear your light bulbs screaming, no, or your walls, some darkness. There's, is there any screaming? No. You know why? It's just done. That's how we defy. Okay, now Ephesians 2, 2. You used to live in sin. When did you? I don't know if Paul, this is, he's talking to the Ephesian church. I don't, hmm. This probably doesn't work for today. You used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil. You used to live in, okay, what is sin? Obedience to the You used to live in sin, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers of the unseen world. He is the spirit now at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. You refuse to obey God in your body, what you put on your body, what you put in your body, where you take your body, what you do with your body. You refuse to obey God with your body. You refuse to obey God with your mind. That's disobedience. Are you demonized? If you're walking in disobedience, are you demonized? Yes. Maybe not meat puppet, but you'll be there soon. Keep it up. Right? You see what I'm saying? What do you mean? I'm lost. Good. No, I didn't. I thought I would automatically do it. Under the influence of a demon. That's good. Very good. See, that's, that's, that's demonization. So, that's right. <laughs> She's like, I don't want to... Because that, that, that gives a huh? <laughs> straight to Well, because if you know where you're going, you know on one, you don't even want to be on that ground, right? I don't want to be a meat puppet. Okay, 1 John 5 and 19. We know that we are children of God and that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. Okay, how did the whole world get under the control of the evil one? Genesis 3, right? That's right. That's here we go. Got under the now. It didn't happen all at once, but we can see. Maybe we'll work on that. So the fall sparked the seed war, Genesis three fifteen, and your seed and her seed. Right? We've talked about this. The seed war. So the seed of Satan, or the seed of the serpent, and the seed of womankind. Now I will just go on record as to say, the reason that women have had it so bad after the fall, and they have had it bad. It's because of this right here. 
because Satan knew where his demise was coming from. It's coming from a woman. Because Jesus is the seed that came from a woman. When it talks about in Daniel, it says, the, it says this little phrase. It says of the Antichrist that he doesn't, have, he, he doesn't um, have the desire. He doesn't behold the desire of women. Everybody says, oh, he's a homosexual. That's not what that means. The desire of women, what every woman, because of this scripture, desired to be what? Huh? The, the one chosen to bear the seed. That's why Paul says a woman shall be saved through childbirth. It's not redemption. He's not talking about redemption. He's talking about that woman's womb is how redemption came into the planet. So the desire of women means it's saying, it's stating that the Antichrist has no regard for Christ, who is called, a title is called the desire of women. That he's a, the desire of women because of Genesis 3.15 because we know that a woman's womb is going to bring forth the Messiah. Not from the seed of man, but from the womb of a woman. Because man provides the seed. Because you couldn't have, you couldn't have the seed of a man because it's all fallen sinful. That's what we inherited. So there you go. So Matthew 8, 28 and 34. This is the man at the Gadarenes. Okay, let me get my glasses on here. Why am I in Joel? I started a Joel study this morning too. Okay, Matthew 8, 28. Okay, ooh, let's go past that. 28. When Jesus arrived on the other side of the lake in the region of the Gadarenes, two men were there. I know in Luke it'll say one man, but there was actually two. Luke just focuses on, I believe, the worst of the two. Two men were there possessed by demons, met him. They came out of the tombs and were so violent. What were they? Violent. That anywhere, anywhere you see a culture that is under demonization, greater levels of demonization, Moving on the scale, right? A culture that is existing in greater levels of demonization will always have increases in violence. School shootings? It's because our culture is becoming more demonized. All that was on the earth was violence, and God was sorry that he had made mankind. Right. Well, not, not every time. But so we have violence, any form of violence. I don't know what level it is. I know that my dad, when he would come home and he was drunk, when my dad would come home drunk, he would turn into meat puppet. Because alcohol lowered his inhibitions enough where those demons that he was so full of were working through his soul and his body. And he'd just been working them in his body because he'd been filling his body with enough alcohol to sink a battleship. And so when he would come home, see that all his inhibitions. Now, did he love his wife and children? Yes. But he's in meat puppet status here because the alcohol has so lowered his inhibitions that now he's, he's, he's level 10. And he's holding guns to my mother's head and moving it from her temple and shooting the roof. 
Because what did he, what was the demon wanting him to do? To kill my mother. But see, there's still part of him there, and he's not wanting to kill her. But you continue on that path, and what's happening? And I'm the child in the back room knowing every bullet. I'm wondering if she's dead or not. But if I hear another bullet, it's good news. Isn't that sad? See, that's, see, that's a house under demonization. We call it domestic what? These men, see, this may be real for y'all, but it's time we take the cover off of the demonic and we actually expose it because when we expose it in its, in its, in its 10 value, we will shun it in its one. Is that not true? It's like when you, here we go again, when you understand that porno, pornography victimizes women and children, Victimi- violently victimizes women and children. Pedophilia, rape. Women and children are, now. it's not even anymore. It's more, it it's encompasses all kinds of places. But it primarily victimizes women and children. Victimizes, it's violence against women and children. If you know that, then you don't look here. You don't, you don't get demonized on level one. Because when you're looking at it, you are entertaining a demon. I'm just saying, keeping it real for y'all. Because I think we hadn't been real enough. <clears throat> this is what you do with your mind and your body. Demonization. And you are, you are investing here in the, demon, in the violent acts against women and children. Investment. Oh, you're like, I don't watch pornography. How about your movies you watch? See, these are things that you're like, are you trying to be legalistic? No. I'm trying to be holistic. I'm trying to hit the whole man. It's just, and I'm not, I'm, not trying to be, I'm not trying to bring shame on anyone. I'm not, but I want you to understand how the devil works. Just a little bit. Just keep going. Now, I want, that's another thing. I like how he said that. He said, I still got that demon. Okay. Okay. Now, we, this, is new, this is language in our society. We do that. We're, we're dealing with our inner... Demons. You know, people use that language. My inner demons. My, yeah. He's subjecting himself to nicotine and addiction, and he's lowering in his bit. You know, it's just not, it's just probably not good, right? Okay, so here's the thing. This is what we have to understand. See, we've sort of domesticated demons with that language. I'm not getting on to you. We, that language, you know, I, I haven't conquered that demon. So there's a little bit of domestication of the word demon there. You see what I mean? We've sort of made it a little bit of a pet, right? We live in a house. It's not so bad. You know, it's not so bad. So, and, but this is, this is what I, I, I'm learning in my study. I have to think of an, a demon as this, intelligent evil. A demon is not a bad habit, 
That's what you participate in. A demon is not, you know, oh, a bad thought, an anxiety. Oh, it's just a bad, a bad aura about me, a bad energy. That's not what a demon is. A bad, you know, like we use spirit in the very, you know, ethereal, like atmosphere type sense. A demon is intelligent evil. So if a demon, we allow it in as intelligent evil, what does intelligence do? Strategize, gets smarter, strategizes. It takes this much ground, that much ground. It's intelligent evil. You're allowing intelligent evil. So that's why Paul said to the church at Ephesians, do not be angry and sin not. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Neither give the enemy a foothold because a foothold turns into a stronghold. And a stronghold, the enemy will defeat every, he will take it, he'll keep going until he defeats everything about you. Ephesians. Which one? Devil a foothold? Ephesians. It's also in Ephesians. Just look up Google. Um, don't give the devil a foothold, and it'll give you the reference to it. I don't have it in my notes. So we, we look on. So this demoniac here, the violence is there, and we're going to be closing up with this. We're going to have to do this several weeks to really get a good firm grasp on this. So the, the demons met them, and they were violent so that no one could go through the area. See, there's a lot to be said about that. The demonic operates through people. This wasn't just intelligent, evil, working, I don't know, in the atmosphere. It was actually working through people. These two men had the place under house arrest, so to speak. This, and so you think, wow, yeah, we would know they were demonic, but see, can intelligent, evil work in governments? We know it came from Daniel, the prince of Persia. Intelligent evil working in the government of Persia. So we have working it, and it can hold and whole area under a violent structure. And see, this is what I fear for America. I haven't got to it yet, but I'll just throw it out there. That it says, Jesus is saying that once, because they're all, and we'll hit these scriptures too, but they keep saying that Jesus is casting out demons by a demon. And he says a house divided will not will not stand. That's not what he's doing. But he tells them when a man casts out a demon, then it goes into waterless places. We're going to tell you why waterless places too. How many of you have ever wondered? It's because of what the Hebrews believed where demons came from. Where do you believe demons come from? Now, where, I know all of you, because you're, you're in, you're in, you say fallen angels because you're Western. And that came along about mm, a time of Augustine. He did not like the Genesis 6 and the sons of God saw that the daughters of men were beautiful. That fallen watchers copulated with women and produced giants. He thought that was ridiculous. But that's what the Bible says. And so the giants who roamed the earth in those days, according to what, the, what, what Hebrews thought, the Hebrew, the Jewish people thought. And it, it doesn't, Jesus does not say where they came from. We don't have the origins. We don't have entomology of the demons. But we know what they thought. 
they thought, according to the book of Enoch, not the Bible, it's another, it's a historical reference for us, that the Nephilim, that when the whole earth was populated before the flood, all the Nephilim spirits that were there, and there were thousands and thousands and thousands of people on the planet at the time. I mean, you, you let people live for eight, 900 years, you know how many people they can produce? You can find those things online, millions of people on the earth. And so only eight people were saved. When the flood came, all those mixed seed people, Nephilim people, they were, had demonic origin because Satan was trying to corrupt the seed from Genesis 3.15. All of these giants, when the flood comes, they're all destroyed. But they're not entirely human and they're not entirely angel. So they, this is not, I'm not saying this is, I'm not saying this is Bible. I'm not saying that you can find, I can't put this in scripture, but this is what they believed. That they became demons. They are the demon population, the fallen Nephilim before the flood. So when Jesus says this, they go into waterless places. Why do the demons want to be in waterless places? Because that's where they were destroyed. So whenever the demoniac here is cast into the heart of swine, when the pig, all the legion were cast into the heart of swine, what did the swine automatically do? Because water has been a judgment that God has used prior. And all creation wants that to end. All creation is longing. So we see in Genesis 1, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep water. So a lot of people think that there was some creation, we don't, not necessarily humanity, but there was some creation prior to Genesis 1-1 because we see water there, and there was something judged. See, and then we have judgment with water again on the flood, right? And then God says, I will never destroy the earth with I will never use water as judgment again. The next time it will be fire. So, and we have to go now. All right. Yeah, this is 